Welcome back! I am so excited because today I have got such an encouraging word that God put on my heart that I, I have to share. Like, I can't keep this to myself because it's that good. And it really has to deal with what are you accountable for? Or I could say it like, what have you been given that you are accountable for. And I'm going to take it from Matthew chapter 25, um, verses 14 to 25. But let me just say this. Oh my goodness. God is so good because you guys, each and every one of us has something. And I literally should title this message, you did not enter this world giftless. Everybody came into this earth realm with a gift. And so therefore, nobody is giftless. Everyone came with a gift. Now, the discovery is, what gift do I have, Ricardo? What gift has God given me? Or I don't know it, or I think I know it, or I'm not sure. Well, let's dive into the word because this is what God has to say. And I'm so excited because it really paints a picture of what you are responsible for and what you're not responsible for. Because a lot of times we look at other people and we think, oh my gosh, I wish I could do that. They're so good at this or they're so good at that. And then you think like, God, what am I good at? And then therefore we start comparing, right? But we have to look at ourselves. We have to look at who God has made us to be and understand that we're not responsible for Tracy and Robin and Cliff and Robert and all of these other people's gifts. We're responsible for our own individual gift that God has given us, right? Okay, look at this. Look at what God says here. In uh, chapter 25, verse 14, it says, again, the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story of a man going on a long trip. He called together his servants and entrusted his money to them while he was gone. Wait a minute, back up. It says he entrusted his money to them while he was gone. I'm reading out of the New Living Translation. So wait a minute, God is entrusting. If we look at God as the, as it says, the, the story of a man going on a long trip, if we look at Jesus, you know, going away to the Father, but he sent us the Holy Spirit so that we can navigate here on earth, right? So God didn't leave us giftless. He gave us something. And that's the cool thing. So it says, and his servants, um, it says he called his servants together. Okay, that's you and I, right? God called his servants together and he entrusted his money to them while he was gone. Okay, wait, Jesus is coming back. God is coming back to uh, account for what are we doing or what did we do, I should say, not our, what did we do with what he gave us? And so look at it from this perspective. If God has entrusted you with a certain gift, don't compare yourself to John. Don't compare yourself to Wanda or whoever. You got to compare yourself to who God called you to be and what he's giving you. Okay, wait, let's keep going. It says, he gave five bags of silver to one, two bags of silver to another, one bag of silver to the last, dividing it in proportion to their abilities. 
wow, wait a minute. You and I both have abilities and our abilities are different. Our abilities may be similar, but they're very different in operation, right? And so I got to keep reading because I got I to paint you guys this picture. He then left on his trip. The servant who received the five bags of silver began to invest the money and earned five more. Uh, what gift did God give you? Like I said, you didn't come into this world giftless. You came in with something. Or, or, do you know what that something is? Okay. Verse 17, the servant with two bags of silver also went and worked and earned two more. But the servant who received the one bag of silver dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. Verse 19, after a long time, their master returned from his trip and called them to give an account of how they had used his money. What does that mean? God is going to call you forth to give an account with what you have done with the gifts he gave you? Yes, it says it right here in scripture. God is going to give an account. We're going to be called to give an account. Ricarda, did you do what I asked you to do? Well, I think I did. Well, how do you, how do you know you did? Oh, I asked you. God, show me what have you given me that I might be a good steward over that. Bingo, there's a clue to find out what you have been gifted with. Like I said, no one came into this world giftless. We all came in with a gift, but this is what humility does. Humility asks God. We ask God, even when we don't know, when people tell us, oh, you have this gift, you have this, da, da, da. But still, humility asks God. Like we have to ask him and go, God, is there something that you have given me that you want me to multiply it so that it can multiply for your kingdom so that you can reap a harvest? Because when you're coming back, you're coming to collect. You're coming to give an give for us to give you an account of what we have done with what you've given us. And so I love this story because it helps all of us to see not one single person on the face of this earth is in here without a gift. No one can say, oh, I don't have this gift like so-and-so, or I don't even know what mine is. Guess what? You have one, but guess how you're going to find that out? You're going to get alone with your maker. Think about it like this. You have a, a Honda. You have uh, a Toyota, a, a Lexus, whatever kind of car you have, Mercedes, it doesn't really matter. But what matters is, are you going to take your Mercedes to the Honda dealer to get it fixed? Are you going to take your Honda dealer to the Mercedes dealer to get it fixed? Most likely not, right? Because you're going to take your car to the manufacturer who made it because the manufacturer knows all the working parts, right? So how much more you as God's created individual, he created you so uniquely, so individually, and he has gifted you according to your abilities. I mean, it says it right here. I got to read it again. Verse 15, he gave five bags of silver to one, two bags of silver to another, one bag of silver to the last, dividing it in proportion to their abilities. God has given you such unique and special abilities. But the only way that you're ever going to find out truly what your abilities are is when you ask the manufacturer, how does it work? 
The Honda dealer is going to know how to fix your Honda. The Mercedes dealer is going to know how to fix your Mercedes. And so is the Toyota and the Lexus and so on and therefore. So what am I saying? You, how much more you, us, we're uniquely created in the image of our father, God. He's the one that knows how to fix us. He's the one that knows how to tune us. He's the one that knows whatever's broken, it can be fixed. Why? Because we're going back to the creator. We're going to the one who made us. So I want to encourage you out there today. If you don't know what you're called to do in life, if you don't know the gifts that God has put inside of you, or if you're just kind of, guessing. You don't have to guess. You can literally humble yourself before God and say, God, can you please show me what gifts, talents, abilities that you have put inside of me that might be lying dormant so that I may use it for the glory of your kingdom to multiply and bring a harvest for your kingdom. Now, I'm not just talking. I'm not just reading scripture. I'm not just saying something off the top of my head. I'm telling you this from experience. I'm telling you this from the word of God. We live out this word, people. It's not just words on a paper. We live it out. And so when you're reading God's word, there are going to be times where you're prompted to go, really, God, that happened? Like, can you show me that? And I'll give you an example. Myself, I said the same thing I'm sharing with you guys today. I said, God, this was years ago. I said, Lord, I don't want to get to heaven and not hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Because remember, if we go down to verse 21, it says, the master was full of praise. Well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount. So now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. That was verse 21 of Matthew 25. So I said, God, I want to be found faithful with whatever you've given me. But if there are any dormant gifts, could you please resurrect them and show me how to be faithful with what you've given me? Even if, and I did say this, even if I don't see myself in that particular role. So once I said that, boom, it's out there. I'm like, okay, God, I'm giving you access to my life. I'm giving you access to show things in me that I may not even see. So I want to challenge you out there today. Maybe you have it all together. Maybe you think, Ricardo, I'm doing my best life. I know exactly what I'm called to do. I want to challenge you too, as well as you who don't know. I want to challenge you and say, why don't you take a moment, humble yourself before God? Because the reason why I say humble is because whenever you ask God, you're putting yourself in a, 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 a humble position of saying, God, I don't know it all, but I know that you do because you're my manufacturer. You're the one who created me. So I'm coming to you, God, and I'm humbly asking, can you please show me? I think I know it all. I think I got it. I think this is what you called me to. But if there's any dormant gifts that I don't see, could you please resurrect them in me? Amen. So that is my challenge for you guys out there. Ask God, if you don't know what you're called to do, if you don't know your abilities, you don't know your gifts, or you're just guessing, ask him. But it, and if 
for those of you who do, hello. I thought I did. I thought I was doing everything that I was supposed to be doing. But I had that little inkling in my heart that said, even if I don't see myself in a particular role, could you resurrect your purpose, your abilities within me that I'm not seeing? And whoa, did God blow it up in such a huge way? It took me a minute to grasp hold of what he was saying, what he was doing, what he called me to. And you know what's amazing about God? Your whole life is always leading up to what God has called you to do. So when God opened up my eyes from that simple prayer, I want to be responsible for everything that you've given me. I want to be faithful with it. And then as he put me in the position, then God started to unveil and unfold all the years of your life. I have been grooming you for this. And I'm like, are you kidding me? How come I didn't see that before? And so it's amazing though, when we humble ourselves and we ask God, God, what do you have in store for me? What can I do for your kingdom? What gifts and abilities have you put inside of me? Resurrect them, God, that I can be found faithful. Amen. So I want to encourage you out there today. You did not come into this world giftless. You came in with a divine gift, with a specific calling catered to you, exactly to how God made you so intricate, so perfect. And you know, the amazing thing is too, I think about it and, um, you know, people will say, well, you know, I'm really not good at that. (laughs) I used to say that. I mean, I, I said that when, when God called me to, um, one of the areas uh, that he's called me in that I'm doing right now, I was like, oh no, I can't do that. God, that's not me. And the more I said, I couldn't do it. The more God said, I've called you to it. And I'm like, what? And then I told my husband, I was like, I, I, I can't believe what I just heard God tell me. And he's like, oh, I can see it. Yeah, you're totally that. And I'm like, how come I couldn't see it? And that's what I want to encourage you guys out there today. Sometimes when we're looking at the mirror or we're looking at ourselves, we only see what the flaws, because that's the first thing that comes up out of anybody's mouth. You know, they'll talk about the flaws or their their inconsistencies or things that are incongruent in their life. But God's like, "Mm, that's not how I see you. I see you as this, what I have called you to, what I have gifted and anointed you to do. And we have to see the way God sees us because when we align ourselves, so finally I said, okay, if this is what you're calling me to do, I'll say yes. And when I did that, bingo, boom, it it skyrocketed. It took off because I was in alignment with what he called me to do, not fumbling around and tripping over my toes thinking, oh, is it this? Is it this? But I just said yes. So I want to encourage you guys, just say yes to whatever God shows you, because guess what? He's already said, you can do this. And I I want to challenge you out there. I told God, no, I can't. This is is like way above my 
you know, as they say in the movies, way above my pay grade. This is like way above my, you know, and God's like, "Mm, no, it's not. This is what I called you to. And I'm like, how? And then the next prayer is, God, can you please show me how to see myself the way you see me? Ah, so glad you asked. And that's what God says to us. I'm so glad you asked because now I can show you through spending time with me. I can show you all that I've called you to. Amen. So I love this section of the Bible because it talks about, there's so many areas in the Bible, it talks about purpose, but this really got, you know, just wrote this on my heart and just saying, I've gifted I all of my people in proportion to their abilities. He has given to us in proportion to the abilities that he's put within us. So we never, ever compare ourselves to anyone else, but we only compare ourselves to our potential, to what God says we can do. And the interesting thing is we don't really know our full potential until we go to the manufacturer and say, how does this car run exactly? Like, is there more power to the car that I don't know? Yeah. Did you know there's sport mode? Did you know there's this mode? And you're like, really? Oh, I've never even turned that on. And I, I, I give you guys an example uh, a while ago when, you know, I had um, a, a specific car. I didn't know it had sport mode. I was just driving it in regular until my husband goes, you know, you can turn it to sport mode, right? And I'm like, oh, really? Wow. And so I tell you that to say, that's what God does with us when we get alone with God. And we're like, and God's like, um, did you know that you can kick it up a notch, that you can walk into this area that I've called you to? And you're like, oh, really? And God's like, yes. And I'm like, wow, I didn't know that. But you only know these things when you get with your creator, when you get alone with Jesus, he has so much to say. And I just, I'm so in love with Jesus because he's so amazing. You guys, the only person who knows you better than yourself, who knows you better than you think your parents or your husband or family members knows you is Jesus. He knows you all the way around. There's not one aspect of you that he doesn't know. And I will liken it to this. I went to uh, my chiropractor years ago and I was showing him an x-ray and he was explaining it to me. And I asked him, well, how come the doctor says this? And he goes, well, he's looking at it from this angle. He goes, but if you stand to the side and you stand to the, the profile and then you stand in the front, if you get all the angles all around you, then you're going to see a bigger picture. What? That is, that's how God is in our lives. We could see one dimensional and then we could call it like it is from one dimensional, a uh, one dimensional frame, right? But God's like, if you get alone with me, I'm going to show you the whole frame of who I've called you to be. Amen. And so get alone with God, get into his word, study his word, get with your creator. He's the manufacturer of your soul. He knows you better than anybody else. And he knows what he has gifted you with. He knows what he has, the, the compliments of your gift, m- meaning the people that he has assigned to be in your life, they will compliment your gift. Oh my goodness. Oh, I want to talk about that so much because that is so true. 
Anyways, that's another subject. But yes, get alone with God. He's going to show you what he's created and called you for. And according to his word right here, he's gifted you in proportion to your ability. So you don't have to go, God, I wish I could dance or I wish I could sing. You know, I don't do that very well, but I, I mean, I like doing this or I can do this. And God's like, uh, I gave you this specific ability. I'm only asking you to produce what I have given you. And if we jump back over to verse 19, it says, after a long time, the master returned from his trip and he called them to give an account of how they used his money. God's going to call us to an account of how we use the specific gift he's put in our life. He's not going to call us to an account to the specific gift he's giving your neighbor or your brother, your sister, your mother, your grandfather, whoever. He's only going to call you to the account of what he gave you. And the, and the interesting thing about it is, you know, those who have the five talents, those who have the two and the one, the five can look at the one talent and go, God, let me do the one because I can, I can knock that out. And God's like, no, I've called you to the five. And you're like, but God, the one is so easy for me. The five, I'm going to need you on. And God's like, exactly. That's why I've given you the five because you could do it with me. But without me, it will be absolutely impossible. And so sometimes we will look at ourselves and we're like, well, I'm good at this or I'm good at that. And it's like, oh, God, what, what, what? What exactly are you calling me to? Because I have, I can do a couple of things here. And God's like, in proportion to the abilities that I've given you. And so therefore, however God has gifted you, please use it. Please, I implore you, use the gift he's giving you. Because what he's giving you, it's not for you. It's for someone else because it will help them to grow in who God has called them to be. And therefore it multiplies like a domino effect so that God reaps a harvest for his kingdom. Amen. Amen. God's word is so good. So again, the title of this message is you did not enter this world giftless. You came in with a gift and every single one of us has to be the steward of our own gift. Meaning, how do we steward a gift? How do we steward something that we have been handed? We get with the manufacturer, the manufacturer of your soul, the manufacturer of your your created being is your creator, the Lord Jesus Christ. God created you in his image and therefore If he did that, which he did, that means you can do this. You can do this. You can do exactly what God has called you to do. Why? Because it's going to bring glory to his kingdom. And guess what? God is for you. He's like, yes, I want you to go start up that company. Yes, I want you to go implant that church. Yes, I want you to go be a dentist. Yes, I want you to go and be the world's best organizer in this area or, you know, ministry or corporate or executive, whatever it may be. God's like, yes, I've called you to this. But the interesting thing is we cannot do it without him. We can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. And that's why however gifted, called, you know, anointed we are, 
All of these things have to be tempered through the power of the Holy Spirit because that way we're able to walk faithfully before God with what he says you can do. And don't think anything that you're doing is minuscule. Don't even count it out. You may be like, Ricardo, but this is, I'm doing this and it doesn't seem like nothing. It seems so meaningless. No, God doesn't waste anything. There's nothing meaningless about your life. God uses everything. Why? Because they're building blocks. These are building blocks to where God is taking you. And every step of the way, you're learning to trust him more and more on the level to where you are. And that's the cool thing about God. He's walking with you. He holds your hand so that you can walk through these things. As it says, um, I believe it's Psalm 23. It says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall fear no evil. Because you're with me, you're rotting your staff, they comfort me. And so when you're walking through life and you're going, God, is this what I'm supposed to be doing? Did you, what gifts did you give me? I can visually see other people's and they look great. But what about me? And God's like, I gave you something, but you got to bring your car in, which is you, your car, right? I liken all of us to a car. We're a vehicle. Our bodies are these earth suits, which are our cars that we navigate here on earth with. And so therefore you'd bring your car into the, the manufacturer to get whatever parts need to be fixed or replaced. God's like, come all to me, heavy laden and burdened, and I will give you rest for your weary souls. So when you're tired or discouraged and you think, God, what do I have to offer? Or you're thinking, God, I'm doing so much that I just don't even have time for myself, let alone time to get alone with you. God's like, come unto me. I am going to help you. I'm going to walk this with you. Amen. So be encouraged. God gave you a gift and you are the steward over that particular gifts, gifts or gifts, meaning plural or more than one. It could be, you could have two, like the talents, you could have five or you could have one, but either way it goes, whatever you have, you are responsible for and you will give an account for it. And guess what? God is asking you today, ask me what I have gifted, called, anointed you with so that you can produce a harvest for my kingdom. We have to ask God. Amen. So again, why do I always emphasize ask God? Because that's how you get to know him more. And that's how you get to know what he's called you to. Amen. All right. I'm going to leave you guys with this scripture. Matthew 25, chapter chapter 25, verses 14 to 21. Remember, God gave you something. Go and use that. Go get alone with him. Use it, multiply it, and be found faithful with what he's giving you. Amen. All right. I love you guys. And until next time, know that God is for you and continue 
to advance the kingdom of God. Amen. I pray a blessing over each and every listener in the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you that you undergird every single person under the sound of my voice, that people will feel strengthened and renewed in their faith in you, God, that they would know what you have called them to, God, that you would impart your vision in their hearts, that they may walk that out with you, Jesus. Thank you for equipping them with a sound mind to be able to do that which you have called them to. Thank you, God, for blessing them spiritually, physically, financially, emotionally, and relationally in every area of their life that they may walk closer and closer and closer with you, Jesus. Amen. Have a great day. Have a great evening. Have a great afternoon. Love you guys. Okay, part two to you did not enter this world giftless. Okay, so I want to take this from verse 16 today, which says the servant who received the five bags of silver began to invest the money and earned five more. Okay, so what gift do you have that you can invest in other people and therefore earn five more. Okay. So that's what the scripture says, but let's put it in our terms. Therefore, what gift do you have that you can invest in other people that would multiply? Now, this is the example I'll use. Like, you know, when you hang out with someone for so long, then you begin to talk like them or their idiosyncrasies, you kind of pick it up. Well, Think about and then think about it like that, but also too, um, whatever they're involved in or whatever they're doing, you take an interest in it, right? And if it's something that you are interested in, then you might start to do it. And I'll just use the example of like working out. So if you hang out with somebody who works out all the time and um, they're like, hey, come to the gym with me or hey, let's go for a walk or hey, whatever, let's go on a hike. And then you start doing that. So by you hanging out with them, they're now doing the things that you do, right? And therefore, you are investing your gift. Okay, there are people who have gifts of just really like... um taking care of their temple, right? You only get one. You get one body. You get one body. And so therefore, your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, as scripture says, right? And to even take it a little bit further, the the rest of the scripture says, no unclean thing shall enter it. Like it says, your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit and no unclean thing shall enter it. Like if we really took that scripture to heart, which I hope we all take all scripture to heart, but does it ever hit you in a way like, wait a minute, my body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. No unclean thing shall enter it. Wow. <laughs> we could go there quickly with food, but I'm not because that's not the point here. I'm really wanting to show you how whatever gift that you have, and I'm just using people who you know work out, and you hang out with someone who does, then what happens is you start to... Uh, either receive of their gifting and they encourage you with their gifting and therefore you are now working out and now your temple is being taken care of because you're taking care of yourself. You're, you're taking care of your body. You might not have taken care of it in such a way until you came along and met this person in your life, right? 
Wow. Okay. This is such a great news flash. Think of it like this. The people in your life, you got to ask, are these God ordained relationships? And this is the funny thing. Sometimes you may think, no way is this a God ordained relationship because I'm stuck here in, I'll give an example, like prison, like Joseph, he was in the prison. How can these relationships be God ordained? But hold on a minute. God had Joseph meet someone in the prison, the cupbearer, and who he met in the prison. Who did he meet in the prison? The baker, the cupbearer. I mean, all of these people he met in the prison and God used one of those people to put a word in Pharaoh's ear right? And that was a person that God used to elevate Joseph to be the second in command in all of Egypt. What? Wait, Ricardo, you're going too fast. Okay, let me slow it down. I'm talking about you did not come into this world giftless. And I'm taking it from the scripture that says the servant who received the five bags of silver began to invest the money and earn five more. People, your gift is to invest in someone else. So when you invest your gift, and I take it from the person I talked about in the very beginning, a person who's a bodybuilder or someone who just works out, when you invest your gift into someone else, you're actually helping them. How do you know God put someone in your life who takes care of their body maybe a little bit more than you do to help you and God going, I need you to take care of your temple because of the calling I placed in your life. You're going to really need your temple to be strong for where I'm taking you. Amen. Jump back over to Joseph. So Joseph in the prison, how is that a God ordained relationship? God, well, the cupbearer, the baker, he met all of these people in prison, right? The cupbearer, God used mightily, right, to speak into Pharaoh's ear. So therefore, the cupbearer, as Joseph interpret his dream, and the cupbearer gets out when he gets out. Oh, I remember there's someone in the prison who, yeah, he can interpret dreams. And you're like, uh, what? So... The rest of that story, if you don't know it, please go read it about Joseph being in prison and him uh, interpreting the dream for the cupbearer and the baker. Understanding that relationships in your life, God uses people with certain gifts different from yours. Why? So that you can reap a harvest for his kingdom. So he can reap a harvest from the gifts that he's given you. So the cupbearer, how was he in relationship to Joseph? How did that relationship pan out? Go ahead and read the story. I'm going to leave it to you at that. Go read the story. It's very, very exciting. But all of it to say is that as we look at Matthew 25, verse 16, you have been given a gift. And your gift is to invest in someone else. And so just like someone will, who, who, who takes care of the body, maybe a little bit more than you do, and you hang out with them or they're around you, they're in your sphere of influence, and 
you go on a hike with them, you go to the gym, whatever it may be, they're investing their time and the gifts that they know that they have and possessed in you. They're investing what they have in you. And so therefore, what they're investing in you, God's like, uh, I ordained this relationship because I need you strong for where I'm taking you. No more sitting on the couch, eating potato chips. Nothing wrong with that. But to the excess of it, you need your body is your temple. Your body is your car. Your body is your earth suit. It's how you get around here on this earth, right? So therefore, we have to steward it. And part of being a steward is to taking care of what God is giving you. And going back to the gifts that he's giving you, some of the gifts are more uh, vibrant, more um, visual than others. And some other gifts are, you know, internal, they're inside. And so therefore, when you spend time with someone, you get a chance to know who they are, see, you know, what gifts they have, meaning maybe they're encouraging to you. Maybe they're, you know, very logical and they help make sense of a matter of, of situations in your life. Whatever it may be, your gift is to serve it. You've got to serve your gift. So think about the relationships in your life and think about where God has placed you in the areas of influence that he's giving you. All of your gifts were designed to reap a harvest for God's kingdom and your gifts were designed to invest. And the question I leave you with is, who are you investing in? Are you investing in? where God has planted you, because if you invest wherever God has you, whoa, there's someone there that will reap a harvest. There's someone there that'll reap um, a blessing from you being there and you're teaching them or encouraging them. I'll give it, I'll give you just real examples. Got to use real examples because it paints a picture and helps you to find yourself in the story. I, I was at a place, right? And I was there for about mm, 18 months. And I was kind of getting a little frustrated. After a while, I was like, mm, what am I doing here? These people do not walk in love. Or these people, whatever the case may be, whatever, whatever I was seeing, okay? There's another clue to a gift that you can have, right? I was seeing what I, I possess, right? But I wasn't seeing it in other people. So I was getting angry. I was like, God, what's up? Like, there is no love here. There's no this, there, whatever. And I'm not saying like, oh, I'm so full of love. What I'm saying is one of the gifts that you have, you'll always notice it by what you notice in other people, right? Like I would, I def, I will just look and I was like, oh, that person's very, you know, loving, kind, whatever, whatever it may be, the things that you gravitate to, right? I wasn't seeing it. I was like, God what am I doing here? Why am I here? Until finally, um, one day someone came up to me and they said, I'm so grateful you are here. I actually prayed and asked God to send someone like you. And I was like, what? That person had no idea in my mind. I was saying, God, what am I doing here? I'm frustrated. This is, I don't, I don't think I'm in the right place. Maybe I'm not. And then God said, hold on, hold on. And then Someone came up to me and said, hey, I just wanted you to know um, I've been praying and asking God to send someone like you. Thank you so much. You've been very encouraging. I've been able to get help and blah, 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 all of these things, right? But what am I saying to you is you got to serve your gift. 
And even when you feel frustrated and serving it, those are the times to ask God the questions. Hey, God, what's up? Like, what am I doing here? This is how you become closer with God. You get closer with him by your conversations and by talking to him and being real and honest and open, right? And just, you have to be open with God because he's open with you. So back to my whole point is whatever gifts that you have, they were meant to serve it. You have to serve your gift. You have to because someone else is needing what you have. And guess what? God blesses you for it. Why? Because he's like, yay, you're using what I gave you. Hallelujah. Use what God is giving you because you never know the relationships that he's put around you that people are actually feeding from the gift that he's giving you so that they can be fed and go and multiply whatever it is that they that they have been called to do. Amen. That's why we encourage one another. It says iron sharpens iron. So one man sharpens another. So therefore use what God has given you. You are not giftless. Amen. So I'll close out on the same scripture, Matthew 25, 16. The servant who received the five bags of silver began to invest the money and earned five more. Think about what has God given you and how are you investing it in other people? Amen. All right. Until next time. Love you guys. And let's close out with prayer. Father, I thank you so very much for every single person listening on this podcast. Lord, I thank you that you encourage them. You undergird them. You uplift them, Father, wherever they find themselves at today. Lord, that you would come in like a mighty rushing wind and that you would turn the tables in their favor, that they would see that they are called by you, God, that they would see your favor is upon them to last a lifetime and that they're able to do that which you have called them to do because greater is he that is in them than he that is in the world. No weapon forged against them shall prosper and whatever they put their hands to do, they shall prosper because of the anointing that you have placed on their life, that they are called, they are appointed, and they are anointed to do that very thing that you have called them to. Thank you for revealing your purposes and your plans in each of our lives today. We live to give you glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, continuation to you did not come into this world giftless. Okay, so this is going to blow your mind. And when I say that, I mean it. Check this out. All of you know the story of Joseph, right? You know how Joseph thrown into the prison. You know how Joseph was um, elevated to second in command in Pharaoh's uh, uh court and that Joseph had a dream and his brothers and sisters and everyone was bowing down to him. Okay. So this is what I want to emphasize. Joseph had to go to prison. What do you mean, Ricardo? Joseph had to go to prison. Well, this is what I mean. Think about it. Joseph had to go to prison because God had an appointment for him in prison. His appointment was to meet the cupbearer. If Joseph hadn't gone to prison to meet the cupbearer, then Joseph wouldn't be in the right position and place and time where he was supposed to be in order to get elevated in Pharaoh's kingdom to be second in command. What do you mean, Ricarda? So check it out. Joseph gets thrown into prison, right? While he's in prison, does that mean your giftings are not being used because you're in prison? Does that mean that the calling on your life is stopped because you're in prison? No, it does not. It continues no matter where you are. 
check this out. So Joseph in prison, talking to the cupbearer, interprets the baker's dream. Joseph interprets the cupbearer's dream. These are all people that work for Pharaoh, right? They're in prison. What are they in prison for? Go read it and check it out. But my point in telling you this is, what prison are you going through in life? What prison are you going, God, get me out of here? Is there a place in your life that you're at and you're like, God, get me out of here. I can't take it. And so therefore God's like, wait a minute. I got a divine appointment for you right where you're at. And you're like, you can't possibly use me here, God. I don't want to be here, A. I got thrown in here, B. And I don't see anything that identifies with what you've called me to do. So get me out of here, God. And God's like, wait a minute. If I can use Joseph and Joseph was in the prison and I used Joseph to be on assignment, Joseph had to meet somebody in prison that God was going to use in order to elevate him and his calling in his life. How do you know where you are right now? God doesn't have somebody there that you have to meet. Let me, let me, let me break it down to you in layman terms. Use myself as an example. As always, how come I took my father-in-law at the time years ago to the hospital? He had something going on, had to take him to the hospital. My husband asked, can you take my dad to the hospital? I was like, yeah, sure. Take him to the hospital. I'm in the elevator with a nurse and my father-in-law. The nurse looks at me, little cute nurse, looks at me and says, uh, I don't know if you believe in prophecy or not, but I'm going to just tell you how I hear it. God just told me you need to da, 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 da. And I was like, what? Oh. <laughs> like, who are you? In my mind, I'm like, God, you're going to have to confirm this because I can't just believe everything everyone says. And then she says, the Lord is telling you that you're asking him for confirmation for this and he will bring confirmation. Lo and behold, the word of the Lord stood true. God used a total stranger who is now one of my best friends. We stayed in touch after that, but God chose my friends for me. He's the one that put this person in my life in an elevator in a hospital. How did I know that was going to happen? Just like Joseph. Joseph didn't know he was going to meet the cupbearer in prison. I didn't know I was going to meet a lady in the hospital elevator who would become one of my best friends to today and who pours into my life and who speaks the truth of God into my life. Wait a minute. And lo and behold, I did exactly what God had prophesied through that girl. It was a confirmation. When God prophesies and speaks into your life from other people, it should always be a confirmation to what you already know. I knew deep down inside what God was telling me to do. I was sleeping on it, just being honest. I was taking my own sweet time. But then when God spoke to a total stranger in the elevator in the hospital, okay, God, I'm listening. You got me. I'm all ears. And so I carried out what God asked me to do. And that was already done and published and out there. And ha, praise the Lord. Everything's great. But what am I saying to you? What prison are you in? What prison are you trapped in in your mind? Maybe you're not in a physical prison. You could be in a mental stronghold of a prison. You could be thinking, God, I'm not the person. I didn't get that gift. And God's like, what are you talking about? You didn't come into this world giftless. I gifted you. I called you. I anointed you. I've appointed you to be in this day and time in 2022. 
I've called you to be in this day, time, and moment of life because what I put in you, the world needs that for this day and time. Isn't that amazing? God has called you here, put you on this earth for this season, this year, because there's something in you that he needs to get out so that you can share it with the world, so that you can multiply the gifts that he's giving you. Your gift is not your own. Your gift was bought with a price. God paid a heavy price to give you his own gift. So the next time you think, God, how are you going to use me? I'm... You could be physically locked up or you could be mentally locked up, like I said. And God's like, uh, I need to use you. I need you to trust me in the process. But God, I, I don't want to be here. I don't even like these people. Or uh, uh, Why am I here? Like, how did I get here? God's like, I need you to focus and trust me in this process. All you have to do is say, yes, sir. Okay, God, I trust you. And when you do that, God will use it. Joseph didn't expect it in prison. Joseph was going off of the dream that he had. Everyone's going to bow down to him. How does that happen when you're in jail? God, like, how does that happen when you're locked up? How does that happen when you have people hating on you? Joseph stayed steadfast in the Lord, always abounding in the work of the Lord because he knew that his labor would not be in vain. That is what scripture says. God will use you. Do not give up. Don't count yourself out. I don't care what is against you. If God is for you, who can be against you? Joseph could have quit. He could have said, God, I give up. This is way too much. But guess what? Where God is taking you with the gift and callings he's put in your life, he's been grooming you for since day one. He's been grooming you for this since day one. You just have to embrace it and say, okay, God, let's do this. All right, God, here I am. I'm yours. I'm fully submitted. I'm surrendered. I'm in. And God's like, great. Let me walk you through the process. So I want to encourage you out there, wherever you're at, know that God uses people. He will send people into your life. Just like he did with me in a hospital elevator. He brought someone who is now one of my best friends. How does God do that? I don't know, but I know that he does. So just know that God will use you right where you are to take you to where he wants you to be. Do not despise the days of small beginnings. That's what scripture says. Don't despise where you are. Yeah, sure. It may be hard. It may be tough. You may be crying. You may be going through a plethora of emotions, but God is saying, don't despise what I'm doing in your life. I'm building character in you. I'm building you to be able to hold that gift, that calling, that anointing I put on your life. I'm building your character so you can hold it. You have to have your character built up like Joseph in order to rule like Joseph. God, Maybe God's not calling you to rule a kingdom, but guess what? He's calling you to rule over yourself, to be self-disciplined. Ha <laughs> ha. That's like the hardest one of all. It may be easy to run a Fortune 500 company or it may be easy to run a nonprofit or it may be easy to run a gym or to run a small company or to run someone else's life or be in charge of their kids. But to govern yourself? Oh my gosh, that's self-discipline right there. 
but God is developing you. You are in embryonic stage is what I call it because he's developing you in the womb of his spirit, developing you in the womb of his word, in the womb of his presence. Get alone with God. Let him develop you till you become so mature that when you step out of that closet, you step out of that prayer room, you step out of your shower, your your car, wherever it is at your secret place that you dwell with the most high, that you uh, encounter God. When you step out, you step out in his presence and his anointing flows through you. Wherever you go, the anointing is oozing out of you. Like in Ezekiel chapter 47, which is a whole nother story and I'll get to that. But just knowing that how God moves through you, his spirit flows through you and he uses people. So do not despise where you are right now. God is going to use it. It's all preparation for what he's called you to do. You have been gifted by God Almighty. You have to use and serve that gift he gave you because somebody else is waiting for it. I didn't know being in a elevator inside of a hospital, I was waiting for God to confirm Prophecy confirms what God's already doing. I didn't know I was waiting for God to confirm what he already told me to do years ago, months ago, until someone in the, in the elevator said, hey, uh, yeah, I hear God telling you, you need to, and I'm like, mm, mm, you know, and God's like, yeah, yeah, Ricarda, we, we got to get this done. There's people waiting for what I put inside of you so that they can go on and do the gift I put inside of them. We all need each other. We are all part of this one body in Christ. And God is calling you. He's calling me. He's calling us so that we can bring a harvest to his kingdom. And as I've been talking about Matthew chapter 25, verses 14 to 21, you didn't come into this world giftless. You came with the gift. You have to serve your gift. And God is going to bring people in your life so that you can use your gift. Even when you think you don't want to be there. Even when you think you're being tested and tried. You know, the the most challenging thing, and I won't call it hard. I'll say challenging. The most challenging thing is to use your gift when you are completely like uninterested, maybe even borderline depressed. You don't want to talk to anyone. And then someone's pulling on that anointing in your life. And you're like, really? Like, can I get a break, God? Like, I I don't really want to talk to anyone right now. And God's like, you don't get a choice. That's my gift inside of you. That's my gift I gave you. That's my gift that's operating in you. And I need you to serve it to this person right now. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And that's where we become obedient to God. We become obedient and we become good stewards over that gift. I'll tell it to you like my daughter said years ago. She was a kid. Oh, my gosh. I mean, a tween. She called me one day and said, oh, she was tired. Oh, you know, her and her uh, group of friends, they were out somewhere going to uh, evangelize. And they were tired. They're, they're kids. I mean, God can use kids too. They were tired. And she's like, oh, I'm just tired, mom. I don't really feel like talking to people, you know, 
can you just pick me up? Uh, obviously, she can't drive. She's a kid. And I'm like, no, I'm not going to pick you up. Ask God for some strength. Ask him for some energy. And the moment she did that, she said, then the Lord started opening up her eyes to all the people he wanted to reach around her. But she just had to surrender that to God and go, God, you know what? I'm spent. I'm tired. But here you go. You want to use anything? You can use me, God. But here I am. Mom's not coming to get me. So I got is you. So all I got is you, God. So if you want to move, go ahead. And God moved mightily to touch people, to encourage them, to lift them up. I mean, to heal people. People got healed. Like, you never know what God wants to do through you. But you have to be a yielded vessel. You have to surrender to God. Submit it all to him. These gifts and talents and abilities and the anointing he's placed on your life, they are not for you, just for you. They're for the people around you. They're for the influence that he is giving you to reach. Because there's other people that are pulling on that gifting because they need whatever that is that you carry so that they can do that which God has called them to carry. Amen? Woo! God is so good. Oh my gosh, he's amazing. So I just want to encourage you guys out there, whatever God has gifted you with, remember, like we talked about in the first message, ask him, God, what have you given me? that I could bring forth a harvest to your kingdom. Seek him on it. He's going to show it to you. Know that these gifts and callings that he's giving you, they are his, not yours. And know that wherever he places you, it's not an accident. There was no accident. Joseph was in prison. So guess what? It's not an accident where you are either. God is going to use it for the glory of his kingdom. You are his vessel of workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do and to will his good pleasure. Amen. You are God's vessel. You are his child. You are his anointed one in the area he's called you to. And remember, stay focused on what he called you to. Because remember, as we talked about, I believe it's in verse 21 of Matthew chapter 25, um, you're held accountable for what he's giving you, right? You're, you're held accountable for what he's giving you. So we got to be good stewards over it. We have to be. Uh, it's verse 19. It says, um, after a long while, the master returned from his trip and called them to give an account of how they used his money. People, we are held accountable for this gift. We have to steward these gifts, talents, abilities that God has given us because it's all for the glory of his kingdom. Amen. All right. I love you guys. And as always, I'm going to pray into your week, your day, and just say thank you, God, so much for every person listening on this podcast. Lord, I ask that you would bless them spiritually, physically, financially, emotionally, relationally, that they would do that which you have called them to. And I thank you, God, for imparting your wisdom and your discernment and knowledge of your word and awareness of your presence around them so that they know who they're called to, so they know what you have called them to. Thank you, Father, for giving each listener a desire and a hunger to get alone with you so that they can hear your still small voice speaking to their spirit. And I 
thank you, God, that you quicken us to say, yes, sir. You quicken us to say, yes, Lord, what do you want to do? And I thank you, Father, that you have commissioned us to be an answer to this world's dilemmas. And I thank you, God, that we bring you glory in all that we do. And to your name, we praise you, God, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. All right, you guys have a wonderful evening, afternoon, day, and Jesus loves you. Amen.